Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, we, so. We, we thought we were king for, I mean, you know, exactly. there, was that, there was that superiority complex, you know, media people would swagger around and think, hindi mo ba ako kilala? Taga-media ako, that kind of attitude, right? Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden, nabaliktad. What we were doing to a previous authoritarian regime that controlled information, we saw uh, internet-based individuals doing to mainstream broadcast and print media, yes, no? yes. And, and telling us that you don't have the right to, yes. to, to monopolize yes. information. No? Conversations with Randy David explores the various aspects of culture, politics, religion, and everything else that makes us Filipino. Listen in on the conversation with today's guest, media icon, Ms. Cheche Lazaro. Welcome, Cheche Lazaro. Welcome to my podcast and thank you for being here. My pleasure, Randy. It's always nice to talk to you. I remember the, the month and the year that uh-huh. I, I, I was brought in from the cold, no? from yeah. Academe, uh-huh. to join media. It was November 1986. This was just a few months after the People Power Revolution. For your talk show. But you were already there. No? Oh Rob Team was there. Dong Puno was there. Uh, I think Louis, Louis Beltran? Beltran was already there. Uh-uh. I came in because people felt there was a need to democratize the mass media mm-hmm. from where it was coming from. You know, the, the years of authoritarianism under Marcos, yes. when information was under strict control by the state. You know, Silenced by the state. When Probe Team, your, your outfit, started. No? Mm-hmm. The intention was precisely to put at the disposal of the Filipino public mm-hmm. uh, large amounts of information that had been kept away from them for a long time. When I came in uh, a few months after, mm-hmm. the problem that people saw was that there was just too much information. People didn't know uh, which piece of information to hang on to. Yeah. So it was thought that somebody maybe from academe might be able to put such information together by providing a context mm-hmm. or a perspective to these things. We were in a pressure cooker the whole time mm-hmm. of the Marcos period where mm-hmm. you were suppressed. I have proclaimed martial law in accordance with the powers vested in the President by the Constitution of the Philippines. 
No, no news was coming out. Everything was the mosquito press. Everything was coming That's out in, right. in bits oh. and pieces and underground. So there was this. There was all of a sudden you lift the pressure exactly. cooker. Exactly, you you lift the lid. No? The lid, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And everything just came out. And so it was right for them to get somebody like you, with a very organized framework, to put things in perspective. When I came in, mm-hmm. the title was Truth Forum. Correct. Oh, I remember no, that. It was a takeoff yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the late Senator Pepe Diocno's uh, uh-huh. neighborhood seminars, no? uh-uh. in which the truth about the Marcos regime was yes. being discussed. Uh-uh. I'm Jose Diocno, a lawyer and a Filipino. I'd like to tell you something about my country. Our land is beautiful and rich. We have all the resources we need, yet most of my people are poor and suffer hardship and oppression. And the language chosen was the language, actually, of television at that time, which was English. But you revolutionized that. You you spoke Tagalog and... and not at first. My Ganon. first episode was with Bernabe Buscaino, Commander Dante, oh, who had Commander just Dante. been released from prison okay. by um, President Cory. And after the first segment, uh-huh. sabi niya sa akin... Randy, sabi niya, hindi mo sinabi sa akin English pala ito. <laughs> sabi niya, pareho tayong kapampakan. Bakit hindi na lang tayong magkapampangan? Oo. Sabi ko, nakakaintindi ka naman ng, uh, ng English, hindi ba? Oo, sabi niya, pero may hirapan akong sumagot sa uh-huh. English. Uh-huh. Ganon ba? Kako, di, I, I talked to Marilu Diaz Abaya. Yes. Was my director. We have a problem here, uh-huh. I said. Uh-huh. Because Kadante would not speak in English. So it was a very, very awkward situation. I struggled through the rest of the of, of the program, <laughs> yeah, no? yeah. Uh, switching between Tagalog and English, and Uh-oh. at times kapampangan to translate for him, <laughs> no? and then speaking to the public yeah. uh, after he had spoken in Tagalog, uh, rendering what he said in in English. I thought it was the most absurd. <laughs> But, Sociological <laughs> phenomenon, no? Yeah. But to, you know, that, that yeah. was the highest rating program I ever had. Yeah. People found it funny. Yeah. The following week, we switched completely to Filipino. And, and for the next 13 years, we only did Filipino. And I think to a certain extent, everybody followed suit. Yes. Yes, we had to. Yeah? We had to <laughs> because, because nobody this, was watching. <laughs> yeah. True. We were not reaching the people we really wanted exactly. to reach. Exactly. And what 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 was your takeaway uh, with switching to Tagalog? How did you how did that make you feel in terms of explaining things? I thought, well, for the first time, I felt comfortable linking my mind to my mouth. But more importantly, hmm. the guests that we had from hmm. the urban poor, hmm. from the labor sector, from the youth, mm-hmm. suddenly their language was returned to them, and it was immediately empowering. Yes. So we were doing that for 10, 15 years. Uh-uh. No? We thought we were king for, I mean, you know, exactly. there, was that, there was that superiority complex, you know, media people would swagger around and think, hindi mo ba ako kilala? media ako, that kind of attitude, right? Uh-oh. And then all of a sudden, nabaliktad. People thought that the new dictators were mainstream media. 
Yes. That they controlled the information, mm-hmm. no? And there was no way of uh, responding to them mm-hmm. because it was a one-way flow of Correct. communication. Yes. In the bus. So they yes. felt that people were entitled to to hear their own voices. Correct. No? But until that Disseminated. Time, yeah. So what we were doing to a previous authoritarian regime that controlled information, we saw... Uh, internet-based individuals doing to mainstream broadcast and print media, yes, no, yes, and, and telling us that you don't have the right to to monopolize yes. information. No, everybody was entitled to present the world as he or she saw fit. I know, I noticed ng uh, marami sa mga kabataan ngayon. Uh, me first. No. Why is that? Psycholo- I mean, from a soci- sociologist's point of view, why are we very me-centered now? I mean, as as they were sa- as they were saying, no, these social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> uh, Instagram, it's all about me. The yeah. it's centered on yeah. who I am and what I'm doing and who my friends are. Yeah, because, because it's the era of the self. Digital technology is placing at the disposal of ordinary individuals mechanisms for communicating outside of their families, outside of their neighborhoods, and outside of their country, but communicating to the rest of the world using very efficient technology of dis- dissemination. So for the first time, it is now possible to put at the center and at the focus of the camera mm-hmm. no one but yourself. Hi, this is Cara David. If you were fascinated by Cheche Lazaro's stories of the Mosquito Press, as well as life under the dictatorship of Ferdinand Marcos, you are invited to the opening of a martial law exhibit on September 21 at the UP Vargas Museum, organized by the Center for Art, New Ventures and Sustainable Development, or Canvas. This features artwork by Renz Baluyot, as well as a book launch of Silent Witnesses, Stories from the Survivors of Martial Law. Puma Podcast will be providing through audio stories of these survivors. You can also participate by reading their accounts and creating your own audio of these. On September 21, there will also be a talk by the team behind Fall of Brutal. They want the opportunity to design the actual memorial to Martial of victims. The exhibit runs until October 15. I think the, the, the radical transformation of the media landscape no, has not been fully understood yet. But people ascribe to that transformation all sorts of things. For example, the proliferation of fake news. No? that when you have people reporting about the world from all directions, Mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult to distinguish what is true, what is factual, what is not. Because you don't have editors. You don't have... Walakang gatekeepers. Walakang gatekeepers. Walakang fact-checkers. Because of that Mm self-checking, we felt entitled to say that, no, our view of the world as mainstream media is still superior to the man on the streets view of yeah. the world no Uh-oh. but now with the internet the man on the street becomes feels himself entitled to project his view of the world and mm-hmm. and seems to have earned the right to say 
eh bakit kayo? Ganyan ang tingin niyo eh. Gamitong tingin namin. No? So, uh-huh. what you have here is a situation called in the social sciences relativism. No? Hindi mo na alam kung anong totoo o hindi. Uh-huh. Sapagkat everybody seems entitled to his own or her own view. Will it ever go that way na sila naman will become the superior force? I think that that when individuals feel empowered no, by the new technologies of dissemination mm. to to project their own view of the world, to 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 have the right to to, to feel confident that this is my truth, no, I am mm-hmm. not bothered by that. What bothers me mm. is when you have uh, when you have entire governments that manipulate a situation like that. No? To their they hire trolls, they create fake accounts supposedly representing individuals mm-hmm. or free agents in actual fact. These are agents of the state. No? Now, there is something thoroughly dangerous, dysfunctional, and obnoxious about that. Okay, but you know the theory of the pendulum moving all the way to the right when traditional media was king, and now it's moving towards the left where you have all of these empowered individuals yes. who are, you know, purveying their own visions, uh, versions of the truth. Mm-hmm. Will the pendulum ever settle at the center where there is equilibrium? Sooner or later, the new social media will have its own way of regulating itself. To me, any form of censorship where you bring in the state to decide what is true or what is false no, is more dangerous than the problem it seeks to cure. Somebody put it very nicely. No? Um, th- this is one of my favorite philosophers, Richard Rorty, an American philosopher, who says, we take care of freedom and truth will take care of itself. Mm, okay, no? but freedom is the key word. So are we in that situation where freedom is assured? No. If freedom is assured that we have that space, will all these bots and all of these fake accounts and all of these individuals that are being manipulated, will they eventually uh, die a natural death because of freedom? What I am seeing as, as a trend dealing with the threats that we see in the media landscape today mm. is that slowly but surely, organizations like Facebook, individuals like Zuckerberg begin to feel compelled to correct mm-hmm. the situation mm-hmm. on their own. So that's why I believe that the future is private. This is the, the next chapter for our services. In addition to the digital town square, we also need a digital equivalent of the living room that is just as built out as a platform with all of the different ways that we want to interact privately with messaging and small groups and sharing where the content doesn't stick around forever, simple and secure payments, private ways to share your location. Now, uh, taking all of these things into account, do you think that people like yourself representing a, a different vision of, of the role of the mass media in society would have relevance in, in a world such as that we have been describing just now? I think we all have to reinvent ourselves. Okay. Because there's this new, there's this new uh, generation of a new way of communicating, we have to rethink the way we speak 
the way we present material for in example, the past. For example, in, oh. in what direction? For example. If, for example, if, if in the past on, on the probe team, if we would give a formal uh, explanation of the topic, let's say, uh, let, let's talk about uh, the drug problem. Okay. If we would present statistics, now we have to make it more personalized. We have to, in the past, we had what we call case studies. Mm -hmm. But now the case studies themselves have to be allowed to talk some more. Instead of us talking, parang the focus of attention has now shifted from the reporter to the subject. Mm -hmm. Then, mm -hmm. of course, the language, you know, the mm -hmm. language that we used was formal. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of editors who would go through mm -hmm. the text Ito, yeah. and say, you know, this is wrong syntax, wrong grammar. Mm -hmm. But today, it's strike anywhere. Our spelling has already been completely demolished. Mm -hmm. There are words that I'm seeing for the first time. I mean... What about mainstream media itself? Do you think television is dying? I think it has lots of competition because now the, the consumer is now his own curator. Mm -hmm. He will choose that today I'm watching this Netflix program, later on I'm listening to Randy's podcast, mm -hmm. and maybe later tonight I'm going to be online uh, with, a, with a Skype conference call to my gang so that we can plan our next trip. So he is his own programmer. What is going to happen to your audiences? They will be a mobile audience. It's an audience that is moving from... They pick one program from this station, another program from another station. I think you'll have less loyalists. What, what do you mean? Uh, for example, I'm a GMA loyalist or mm -hmm. I'm an ABS loyalist or mm -hmm. I'm a ABC loyalist. I think you'll have less of that and I'll be a loyalist to programs I like. In the, in the we notice when we have, when we're on internet, they profile us. Mm -hmm. They know, for example, that Randy likes uh, books and, mm -hmm. and uh, stories about philosophers, the great mm -hmm. philosophers. Looking at the landscape now where everybody has his own space and can say whatever he wants, uh, we've seen it happen, for example, in the U.S. elections. We've seen yeah. it in the Philippine elections. We've seen it in Latin America. I mean, we've seen it all over yeah. the place in Hong Kong. Yeah. All of these things happening. Is there a way out? Do you, do you see opportunities for people who have been caught in this cycle of fake news? I think so. And where uh, are we in that? Um, I think it's becoming world? worse at this point, no? Oh which really makes people tremendously pessimistic, you know? Because, uh, as I see it, you know, the, the use of fake accounts, mm -hmm. the use of trolls, you know, the use of mechanisms of polarization, of mm -hmm. political views, mm -hmm. which began uh, in the, as a prelude to the election of Trump, and maybe to the election of Duterte mm -hmm. himself. You know? It was a kind of polarization of views, the uh, like the Dilawan versus the Ganyan, no? Uh -uh. Uh, yeah, even that tag, Dilawan. Yeah, it, it, it is a creation of the internet. Yes, actually, no. Uh -huh. It's a way of identifying people without necessarily having to clarify what what, what their views are. Yeah, no. I mean, the world is not really 
black and white, no? Correct. But polarization uh, allows people to feel that they have ideas when in actual fact they only have biases. <laughs> okay, no? you put that very well. When you have a polarized society, then you, you tend to have a corresponding response to that, which is a call for unity under a strong man. The use of digital technology and, and the type of communication that is now being created in the internet for political purposes to shape the outcome of electoral exercises, to me, is just beginning. We have not seen the worst yet. Why do you say that? I say that because if you turn uh, to the international news all over, and the focus now, for example, is Taiwan, the rise of charismatic figures entering the scene with an aura of messianic aura. You know? yes. And all because in Taiwan, they've recently discovered the, the entire process has been manipulated by cyber warriors, controlled from another country, so and, and placed at the disposal of the individual that they have elected to, to, use. to use. So you think that this groundswell, this support for authoritarian, dictatorial, strong uh, leaders is a product of new media. Partly. But you cannot conjure a monster from nothing. It has to come from somewhere. And I think that somewhere is precisely the type of societal context that you find in very highly unequal societies. Okay. Where, where you have people who for a long time have always believed that they were ill-served by their politicians, that it is time that somebody who is an outsider put from the political class mm -hmm. takes on the, the, the mantle of, of leadership. Erosion of faith and trust in government, that is the real problem that confronts us, resulting therefrom I see the erosion of the people's trust in our country's leaders, the erosion of faith in our judicial system, the erosion of confidence in the capacity of our public servants to make the people's lives better, safer, and healthier. But why is this happening on a worldwide scale? That's where your new media comes in. Mm -hmm. So when you have the technologies of dissemination, like the social media, available mm -hmm. to everybody, everybody now has the mechanism to, to articulate that resentment. No? But by the same logic, shouldn't it also be able to destroy that same image that they build? Eventually, yes. No? But it will take some time. Why? Because, because there's a bubble and we refuse to get out of it? The question is, how long does it really take for people to realize that they have they've been had? Okay. I mean, look at Hitler. He was in power for so many years. Mm -hmm. They were able to use elections to get Hitler into power. Mm -hmm. Hitler did not seize power. Okay. I, you know, I'm, I've always been curious. Yes, they're duly elected officials. Um, after X number of years, you begin to see their decision patterns, their behavioral patterns, uh, what they're doing for uh, the country. Uh, and yet that, that solid support remains. Yes. In sociology, there's a concept called cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens when prophecy fails? You don't immediately change your beliefs. 
In fact, you hang on to those beliefs because you refuse to think that you made a mistake. Self-preservation. Uh, self-affirmation. <laughs> self-affirmation. <laughs> so how, how long is that going to be? When do people wake up from their stupor? Mm. No, mm-hmm. we really don't know. No, but they will wake up. We know they that. They will? They will. We know that for a fact. H- how do we know that for a fact? Well, we woke up from the Marcos regime, so no. Took us for 25 years. It took us uh, how many years? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, 1972 to 1986, 14 years. That's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, and theoretically, with this mass that we have on social media, I heard somebody telling me that out of our, our population of what 110 million, 79 are using 79 million are using Facebook are using social media to communicate. Right. I mean, this is an empowered mass. So mm-hmm. yeah. the yeah. empowered mass should be able to do something collectively, right? Yes, the last election showed that the social media worked more in favor of uh, the, the government rather than yes. uh, of the opposition. No, so uh-huh. taluang opposition sa, yes. uh, sa social media, they, yeah. right? You know, they said that the the opposition appealed to the the youth, the millennials, the young the young right. people uh-huh. who are voting for the first time or those who are still young mm. and idealistic. Mm. But that didn't seem to be the case. No, it was the case. Totoo yun, Cheche. Totoo yung kanilang support. Totoo yung support. But many of them were not voters. Were not voters. They were not registered voters. Yun ang problema. <laughs> that is so sad. Do you see any silver lining? Of course. I, I, ako tingin ko, Cheche. Hmm. Ang silver lining lagi ay yung kabataan. Exactly. He, Where he, are they? Nandiyan yan. Maski si Rizal, hindi ba tinanong niya, no? They use the hope of the fatherland. No? Yes. Where are you? Uh-huh. The hope of the fatherland. Nandiyan yan, nakikinig. No? Using social media. Until uh, siguro, uh, kuminsan, nagdududa na yan. Mm-hmm. No? And they start asking questions. No? Does it take them longer to get started and move well, compared to our generation, I for think example? Ma- I think mas magiging mabilis Sila. ang kanilang um, paggising. Bakit mo Kasi mabilis itong mediang ginagamit nila. Chacha Lazaro, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being here. And thank you for inviting me, Randy. It's always good to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Conversations with Randy David would not have been possible without the help of Puma Podcast, music composed by LM Cancho. You may reach us via email at rsd.podcast at gmail.com. You may also follow us on Facebook at Conversations with Randy David and on Twitter at Prof. Randy David. This is Cara David, hoping that you can listen in again in the next episode. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.